Welcome, welcome. It is Monday, February 13th, 2023. As my daughter reminded me this morning when she told me I better put Pringles in her lunch, it is Galentine's Day, according to my daughter. Uh, happy Galentine's Day for all who are celebrating. And welcome to Raging Chickens, Out to Coop Live. This is Kevin Mahoney, creator and founder of Raging Chicken. On Out to Coop Live, we talk to progressives, activists, and troublemakers of all sorts, right from our own backyards and from across the country. You can also join us at the end of the week for our Friday Politics Roundup, where we break down the good, the bad, and the ugly in state and national politics. You can check out all our podcasts by, you know, heading on over to Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us everywhere. We're there. And while you're there, leave us a review. Give us that five-star rating that helps other people find the show. You can help support the show by becoming a patron for as little as five bucks a month. Head on over to patreon.com slash rcpress today. And you can help out the show right now, especially if you're already jumped on our YouTube channel. Uh, if you're there, smash that subscribe button, like the stream for this show, and hit that notification bell so you know every time we go live. Welcome to all our live viewers tonight. Uh, any questions you have, thoughts you may have, you can throw them in tonight's chat. For more PA Progressive Talk, tune into the Rick Smith Show's live stream at 9 p.m. Eastern on his YouTube channel, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you get your streams, he's there. And you've got to make sure you subscribe to his podcast as well. Head on over to the ricksmithshow.com for the latest across all his platforms. And you got to check out the Sisters of the Night Caucus podcast, the amazing PA women stirring the political cauldron behind this podcast, Rocky House. And they know their bodies are buried. Make sure to follow them on Twitter at, at the Night Caucus. That's at the Night Caucus on Twitter. And subscribe to their podcast on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you haven't heard, yep, The Signal is a brand new podcast by the Bucks County Beacon. The Signal is hosted by the Beacon's editor-in-chief, Cyril Michaleko, and produced by yours truly. How about that? Twice a month, The Signal will shine on a, shine a light on the right-wing extremist currents streaming through Bucks County and beyond. Cyril invites guests who can provide insight, analysis, and organization solutions so that we can steer the community toward calmer, saner, progressive routes. Right now, you can check out the, buck, the, the signal at buckscountybeacon.podbean.com. That is coming to every streaming platform that you could possibly imagine uh, in the coming days, as soon as all those little technical gremlins, not gremlins, you just got to go through and submit your podcast after you have one up and blah, 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 blah. So it takes a couple weeks to get that going. But do check it out right now, the buckscountybeacon.podbean.com. Um, check them out on their socials, and they'll post all that info. And attention all you gamers out there, The Game In, that's with two N's. The Game In is a Quakertown-based, black family-owned gaming store. They're friends of the show, and they've got everything for retro N64s, the latest consoles, video games for all platforms, collectibles, action figures, Funko Pops, walls of Funko Pops. And kids get A's. When kids get A's, no, when kids get A's, no. When kids get A's, they get discounts. That, it's rocks. Come on, you got to go check them out. 
head over to their Facebook page, follow them on Twitter at, at the Game In. That's with two N's. Got a question about a game, looking for something hard to get, shoot them a message or drop them an email at thegameinpa at gmail.com. Special shout out goes to Jonathan Mann, who wrote our intro song, There Are No People in the Future. Check out all his great stuff on his YouTube page and follow him on Twitter at, at SongAdayMan. That's with two N's, at SongAdayMan on Twitter. And yes, it is school board election season, which means we cannot let Paul Martino and his oligarch friends buy our schools and push extremist politics in our community. Raging as Chicken, Raging Chicken has teamed up with Levelfield to launch a truly community-rooted pack to invest in organizing, supporting local and statewide progressive candidates, and unmasking the toxic organizations injecting our communities with right-wing extremism. We're putting small-dollar donations to work to beat back the power of big money. You can do get more information and drop your donation at ragingchicken.levelfield.net. Well, I'll tell you, I'm very, very excited tonight uh, because uh, I welcome Alyssa Bowen back to the show tonight, uh, which means, yes, you know it, it's dark money night here at Raging Chicken, you bet. Uh, Alyssa is a senior researcher and managing editor for the progressive watchdog group True North Research. And tonight we'll be talking about her recent article in in Truthout called The Right Has Expanded Its Dark Money Strategy for Dominating School Boards. Uh, If we thought we'd get a break from the extremists in our school board elections, we were very wrong. They also have a brand new article that just dropped, um, uh, written with uh, Lisa Graves. Uh, Tax docs link right-wing parents groups to Leonard Leo's Dark Money Network, you bet. Alyssa received her PhD from in history from the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill in 2021 with an interest in fascism and anti-fascism, solidarity and social movements, immigration, exile, and transnational history. She has bylines in The Nation and in Truth Out, where she's a regular contributor more of her public writing can be found on Truth North, North Research's website and on Substack. You can follow Alyssa on Twitter at, at Alyssa Ann Bowen. That's uh, at Alyssa Ann Bowen on Twitter. We've got links to all her articles and how to find out more about the great work that's happening over at True North Research. Um, check out the links in our bio or head on to truenorthresearch.org for all the info. Alyssa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. That's all oh, you got. I guess I should welcome back to the show. You're like kind of like, you know, uh, my go-to person here on Dark Money. <laughs> Did, I, I just noticed today, actually, in a month, it'll be like the, uh, a year since the first time I was on. I was just seeing that. I was just looking back at the at the previous one. I'm like, oh, man, God, it's look at this. It's We're going to have yeah. to have some kind of anniversary or something. Yeah, here. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, well, before we, we dive into the specifics of your article, which are so critical and have become increasingly more important as, uh, you know, as I said in the intro there, that the craziness that's happening in our school boards is not going away. Um, but can you let folks, especially for folks that are, are maybe new to the show, um, a little bit about True North Research and the kind of work that you all do over there? Yeah, Absolutely. So True North Research, we're a progressive watchdog group, and we track dark money and special interests in politics. And we're headed by Lisa Graves, who has been a senior advisor in all three branches of the government. Um, She's also the chair of the board at CMD, and she was co-founder of Documented, which is another um, sort of watchdog, investigative watchdog group. Um, yeah, and basically what we try to do is uncover the funding and influence of these ultra wealthy and corporate donors that are under undermining our democracy. And that's covers topics, you know, from 
the Supreme Court, like we'll probably talk about today also, um, state courts, um, USPS even, to the local school boards. Yeah, 100%. And I think that, you know, um, you know, it's funny. It's like this is the kind of research that becomes like, you know, the necessary kind of work or the necessary information that we need on the ground, especially as, you know, nobody locally has the resources um, to uncover all these networks. I mean, you know, and so thank God for the work that you're doing. And um, I mean, we've talked about this, you know, on the show how many times now about our local school districts here in Bucks County um, have really gone off the rails. Um, they've been infiltrated by everything from QAnon to, you know, Moms for Liberty to the Proud Boys have all been showing up. And now, uh, you know, the focus is, you know, well known on Central Buck School District where, you know, that's been written up in the New Yorker that's appeared on kind of NPR and that's, you know, that's gotten a lot of press, but also my school district in Penridge. And now we find out that just this week we have, um, this is expanding over into, well, it's been around for a bit over at Berks County to Kutztown area school district which are just censoring um, a, uh, a book on climate change. We're finding it showing up in Souderton and some of these other districts too as well. So um, it just seems so essential that you're um, doing this work. Thank you so much. Yeah, and, you know, we, we try, we're, we're a very small group, but we try as best as we can to elevate the voices of people on the ground who live in these communities that are being attacked too because, I mean, they're, the real heroes doing the necessary work and facing the risks. Honestly, you know, you, you hear about local parents who are actually combating these right-wing parents that are often like either they are local um, and, but they're always like almost always backed by like far right dark money groups. Um, and these, these parents are um, these, these parents fighting back, you know, they're doing the hard work and they're facing, you know, they get docs, they get attacked, they get like verbally abused by these groups. So, um, yeah, I just want to shout out to them and thank you, Kevin. I know you're one of them. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. There's so many of these, uh, the folks that have been on the ground are really, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's impressive, the organizing work that's going on. It's, um, and it can be a bit daunting when you realize that, you know, the right wing has been organized as you're talking about in some of these pieces, you know, for decades. I mean, this has been a project that has been ongoing for a long time. Um, and, you know, they've, you know, they've got, when you got one person at the top who can just kind of like, you know, send out, you know, millions and billions of dollars behind a particular project, um, you know, that's a very efficient model uh, to undermine democracy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I feel like we've been telling a story of sorts, like, you know, since you said, you know, since you first came on about a year ago, um, as we see this, you know, information begin to, as you all begin to unpack this information more, as you look into these groups more, and more of the story seems to appear each time you publish some of this research. And um, so the piece that you, you started with in December was, um, you know, the right has expanded its dark money strategy for dominating school boards. And um, let's talk a little bit about that kind of that expanding thing, because it seems like this is that latest installment, that next chapter of where we're seeing these groups like Moms for Liberty, um, like Parents Defending Education, right? Like all these kind of, you know, good sounding name groups um, that are infiltrating our stuff. So take us into the article a little bit about what your findings were and what you were trying to do there. Yeah, absolutely. So this article is following up on a truth out piece I wrote maybe in September, I think that you had me on for as well. Yeah. Um, but this one was actually sort of trying to to create a counter narrative because all these dark money groups had 
made the case to the media and the me- the right wing media and the right wing media flew with it, of course, that um, even though it was a disappointing midterms, generally, there wasn't a red wave, there was a quote unquote, red undercurrent, and that was in the school boards. And so they created this narrative that like, oh, this attacking the schools is actually the way to go. Um, and it should be a model moving forward in 2024, etc. But uh, in reality, I think that they kind of flopped, or at least were like way more disappointing than they portrayed themselves as. And um, that doesn't mean, and we can talk about this later, that they aren't building towards something um, more aggressive. Uh, but, you know, for example, Moms for Liberty only won about half of the school board races that they backed candidates in, like that. that and we just found out from their 2021 990 that that year, you know, they had $370,000 in income um, <laughs> that that their opponents didn't have, you know, to, to right. like influence these races. I mean, not all of them went to school board races, but a lot did. Um, so and then, you know, 1776 Project PAC, which is a PAC that's just dedicated to um, influencing races, mostly through outside spending, like sending um, mailers and those kinds of things and doing TV ads. Um, they took in more than three million since 2021, and they only won about 60 percent of the races in the um, in the 20 uh, or in the November election. So that's not really that impressive given the amount of resources that they have to spend. Um, and Freedom Works is like another. It's like a old a school. Coke. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's an old school like Coke network group, um, and they bragged. For some reason that they won that 34 of their aligned candidates won in that election but we know um and 86 in in 2022 but we've seen them like bragging about hundreds of candidates that they've supported so really not that impressive um it's sort of what i wanted to say is like okay is it even really helping the right like they say it is maybe not um it's really just you know hurting our kids <laughs> um but um, but obviously that's working towards a larger goal, right? And and they are being well. First of all, they're like I said, hurting our kids. They're like implementing book bans. Um, they're these new um, right wing school boards because they were successful in flipping some school boards, right? And especially in Florida, Moms for Liberty was really successful. Um, and um, in South Carolina, we saw uh, in Charleston, which is a liberal district, they flipped the school board there. And then the first thing that the new school board did was, you know, uh, get rid of the first black superintendent, I think, in, in the history of that. Um, that school. But we're that, not racist. Yeah, that's like the first thing. Um, and, you know, in Florida, we saw the right wing sheriff, Wayne Ivey, who uh, was working with the Moms for Liberty affiliated school board um to implement a new um a new discipline policy and he used some very graphic language that you can read in the truth article um about you know old school like you know using corporal punishment on children yeah let me Um, let me read that section so people understand how far off this and i know this is like you know warning right you know content warning right here but this is like what the sheriff had said so it says, you know, they got this guy on there. He wants to implement these new, like, as you say, horrific discipline policies. The speech announcing the new policy, Sheriff Wayne Ivey said that it would be disruptive students' worst nightmare, unquote, and reminiscent of the, quote, old days where students feared having the, quote, cheeks of their asses torn off. Right? And this, this is, is something he, like, 
favors. This is yeah. This is his. This was his campaign. Right? It's like this is what's going to happen. And vote for me. This is yeah. what I want to you know implement here. Yeah. Right. So totally unhinged and deranged, in my opinion. I mean, not something we want in our schools. Um, and then obviously, you know, attacking curricula, like you said, attacking like any anything related to climate change, um, these kinds of things. So that part's terrifying. Um, and also they're building infrastructure, which I tried to point out in my piece too. I mean, Moms for Liberty has some local packs that, you know, alongside like, you know, there are local right-wing actors, like you have Paul Martino, mm -hmm. who are ultra wealthy, invested in, in turning the schools to the right. Um, but yeah, these groups also have their own, you know, local packs that they've started. Moms for Liberty has three national packs that they haven't used yet that are just sitting there waiting. Um, and then 1776 Project is a national pack that we've seen what it, I mean, we've seen it spend or at least have $3 million to spend um, on these races, which is a terrifying amount if you know, like how little is spent on school board races um, generally per candidate. Um, and part of what's like, this is just, I only know this because I'm a researcher and like trying so hard every day to to discover who's funding local uh, elections, it is so difficult to track spending from federal PACs to local elections because there's this whole, you know, they don't have, the federal PACs don't have to, to disclose federally what they spend on local races. In the states, they only have to say, say what they're spending statewide elections. So really like, if there's any disclosure at all ever at the local level, which oftentimes there's not, um, it's not available until much later or it's um, or you have to ask for it. In some cases, you even have to do a freedom of information request to request it. Like it's not easy even for me who like has a paid job doing this digging. <laughs> so um, it's that part is terrifying, too, because PAC, federal PACs are supposed to not be dark money. They're supposed to legally have to disclose who their funders are, but that doesn't matter if we don't know how they're spending it. Yeah. And you say, you know, we should say here too, as well, the 1776 pack too, as well, what I thought was fascinating, right? Because this is where you have Richard Uline, right? Is the primary, did you say, you know, the primary funder. And so for everyone who's listening out there, Richard Uline, you know, anytime you're buying office supplies or mailing envelopes, or if you have it, if it says Uline, you get that catalog that says Uline, your money is going to fund this stuff, right? Your place of work is going to fund this stuff, right? This guy is um, bad, bad news. And he's that one that's behind, you know, you say he's the primary, let's see, here, as you put it here, the right wing, so 1776 Project PAC is the right wing political action committee that has collected more than $3 million in contributions since it was first registered in 2021, brand new. Right, mm -hmm. including nine hundred thousand dollars from the restoration pack, whose primary funder is GOP mega donor Richard Uline, seems to have slightly more success than though the twenty twenty one. So you see, I mean, there's there's multiple angles where this big money is coming in. I, yeah, I got a actually, question for. Oh, sorry, yeah. go ahead, go ahead first, and I got so a question. Just a quick side note. Yeah, yeah, if you want to know more about Richard Uline, we just did a huge and his spending. We just did a huge thread on um, at its true north, our at true north. So it's true north researches um, Twitter account at its true north on Richard Uline and how he's now spending to influence the Wisconsin Supreme Court 
election, which will come to bear on like abortion rights and other things. So yeah, if you're interested in Uline and the restoration pack, you can look there for more info. Yeah, this is a good this is a good question that came from Ross. Um, he was just asking, um, does 1776 pack have anything to do with the Hillsdale College? Or is this completely because they have that 1776 curriculum that they released? Oh, yeah. Or is this completely kind of disconnected? At least, I mean, I'm sure that they they all go to the same like, you know, cocktail parties. But yeah. um, Honestly, if we looked, I'm sure we could find a connection. Um, 1776, you know, the right takes that and they use that. You know, Ben Carson also has a, a, a dark money group called 1776 Unites or something. Um, or no, that's another one, actually. So there's there's several 1776-inspired um, groups, packs, um, that kind of thing. But um, as far as I know, I haven't seen a direct connection between Hillsdale and 1776 pack. Yeah, good. No, thanks. And I think that um, one of the things that you um, that you kind of lay out here, well, well let, me, let me go back a little bit. When you go back to say they didn't have much success, I think that is so important as the kind of the key point here in terms of their ultimate electoral impact um, was not as kind of big as they wanted it to be. Um, and yet we see money flooding in this direction, right, um, despite mm -hmm. that fact. So we can't, you know, say like hang our hats of hope on that, right? And say that this is automatically going to solve it, but that gives us a sense of what they're actually do. And what I wonder is looking at the, you know, you, you get you you did this in that last piece in True North when you were on last time too, looking at um, what happens in Florida, right? About when Florida, you had basically like you know the perfect storm. You had inside political connections directly to the governor's office. You had a Republican Party infrastructure that was connected to this funding device. And you had Moms for Liberty all in this thing. So it was almost like Moms for Liberty was out there doing the things the party couldn't do, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. And having support from political actors within the state. Do you think that is kind of, uh, that's, the direction that they're thinking going forward is wanting that kind of alliance in the state level? I totally exactly think that. <laughs> um, okay. I think, yeah, Florida is a model. And, you know, a lot of right wing folks have been saying, like, make America Florida, <laughs> you know, like, uh, so I think, um, but I think that's certainly true for looking at Florida as a model for how to use schools as a way to like manufacture outrage and like create more support for the right statewide um and they you know they work together so it, as I, I mentioned last time in florida you know for the primaries in august and then um the november elections because there were um school board races uh for both uh elections they dozens of state GOP aligned PACs uh, were donating to, to school right wing school board candidates alongside um, Moms for Liberty also has its own PAC that was almost almost entirely funded by uh, Julie Fancelli, the public's heir who also helped fund the January 6th rally that led to the insurrection. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, there's ties to the to, to the establishment GOP whatever that means the far they're far right as well yeah. but also, also like the insurrection the insurrection itself you know so uh, or the funders of the rally that led to the insurrection so um it's yeah I would say also like Moms for Liberty is you know they have their parents pledge thing that they send around to all these local and statewide politicians to sign and I think that's part of an effort to build relationships with 
uh, state and local GOP leaders. Uh, and I think, um, I mean, we've already seen a lot of GOP candidates donate to PACs affiliated with Moms for Liberty, and that happened in Pennsylvania, too. Um, what was the name of the the guy who lost in the GOP primary? He was oh, donating. Oh, Mastriano? Or no, the no. GOP primary. Primary, yeah. I can't remember his name. But he was running against Mastriano, and he, I don't know if he was more, <laughs> like, I don't know where he fell politically. I, I don't know if he was further right than Mastriano, but he was not a fun guy. And he, his pack no. donated to, like, a Moms for Liberty endorsed pack, uh, I think, in Cumberland County. Um, so yeah, th they've been working on this strategy for a while, but I definitely think that this is the, the, the building those relationships is mutually beneficial to both moms for Liberty and like dark money infrastructure, um, as a whole, because, you know, if their endorsed candidates win, it looks good for them. They get more donations. Um, but it's also really good. It was really good for Ron DeSantis. So I think, um, folks will be looking there. GOP folks will be looking there, um, in 2024. Yeah. Cause it seems to me that, you know, yeah, again, we've talked about this kind of thing before is because this kind of very stark political calculation and power building and infrastructure building is also, it seems, always coupled with just grift, right? I mean, yeah. just kind of how do you extract money, right, from this, like, this base um, and direct it toward whether it's funding a, a particular political candidate, whether it's just getting yourself paid. <laughs> right? yeah. um, and, you know, so I'm looking, you know, it's because it's interesting because on the one hand, you've got um, like Moms for Liberty in Florida. They were out there really stoking up, you know, the narrative that DeSantis was then making use of in his campaign and continues to do. I mean, the guy's running roughshod over everything. Right. I mean, um, when it comes to education. So it seems like this mutually beneficial kind of thing. And as long as he's going to he's going to toe that line, you're going to have, uh, you know, your shock troops that are going to also raise money for you and that mm -hmm. are also going to basically, you know, do the voter turnout for you when it comes it comes election time. So it seems mm -hmm. like this kind of informal like machines that are being built and they're always seems to, they're centered around billionaires. Um, there's lots of grift and they're politically extreme. Absolutely. All of those things. <laughs> That's glorious. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. This is this is and the nuts. grift thing is so true. I mean, seven I know I've seen seventeen seventy six project has gotten flack on Twitter from like other right wing dark money people for being a grift because they, you know, spend a ton on like travel and accommodations and like consulting groups which you never know. You know, some of that can be legit and like legit and its sketchiness in terms of like their funding ads um on issues they say like issue ads which it doesn't help a certain candidate but um you know says parental rights which we just know means right-wing rights um and um and then they don't have to disclose it as um outside spending i believe so that you know they could do things like that but also consulting can just be like paying your friends sort of, <laughs> um, or, you know, paying someone that, you know, you know, for, for consulting, but we don't know what that means. 
Right. So, you know, or being the person that will go out and kind of like, you know, like take the shots from the media because they're, you know, hey, maybe we just need a dumb person that's going to we're going to send up there that's going to be, you know, put in place that they're going to field the phone calls and they're going to sound like whatever, but they're going to be the pass through that's going to allow for, you know, the funding to get where it needs to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of like administrative slash bureaucracy slash fundraising, that kind of thing that doesn't even actually go to the directly to the cause, you know, that they're pushing for. 100%. Well, before before we get into the into the the most recent piece that you did, um, which kind of echoes some of the things we're talking about right now. Are there some other takeaways from your piece from that one in uh, that you wrote in December about um, one that kind of post electoral um, kind of assessment of kind of what the influence was and directions where monies were starting to being funneled? Uh, I think we cover most of the points, mostly just that they they made overstated claims about how successful uh, their tax on school boards was, but we shouldn't kind of back away and think that they're not a threat because they're building infrastructure and resources um, and already doing real harm, even though they, you know, have only won in certain places, but where they've won, it's scary. So that's that's basically our takeaway there. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And so, and I think like, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm like, like going back to these, you know, the way that writing used to take like novels used to be written in serial form, you know, like over periods of time, like, this is kind of what we get with with <laughs> your work and truth out, you know, because, uh, um, and because we start to see um, the kind of development here. And the most recent piece that you got tax stocks link right wing parents group to uh, Leonard Leo's dark money network. Um, this is you know, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but the kind of impetus here is that, okay, now we actually have some of the tax documents, but we can see where this money went um, for some of these organizations. And front and center of this is this organization called Parents Defending Education. Now, we've talked about them on the show before. Um, I think they're ones that they don't get the same kind of traction in the media or attention, say like someone like Moms for Liberty who's showing up at school boards meetings, yelling at people. And yet they seem to be really influential and important players in to understand what's going on here. So talk us through this, you know, here, you got these kind of new documents that come in. We're seeing this organization. What's what's the takeaways here that we should be digging into? Yeah. So parents defending education, I, I, you're totally spot on that. I think they don't get as much attention as Moms for Liberty. And I think that's by design. I think they try to build themselves as more moderate and oriented towards the legal system. So they do a lot of things like filing lawsuits and federal complaints against schools and school districts for supposedly racist, i.e. anti-white <laughs> policies. Like, for example, um, if there's uh, you know, a mass shooting targeting Asian members of the community and they have a, like a group where they only want they, they have like a meeting where they only are saying like, oh, Asian members of the community come and unite. They want to just like talk amongst themselves. You know, PDE would find out, get a report about that and sue them saying this is like racism because it's only Asian students that were invited to like talk about this tragedy in their community. So that kind of thing. Um, and they've done that you know, around the country. Um, and they build themselves like all these other groups as, you know, of concerned parents groups. <laughs> um, and they've been, you know, portrayed that way in right wing media a lot. Um, but, you know, they have, <clears throat> we've known for a long time, especially thanks to Maurice Cunningham, um, who studies dark money in education, that 
Nikki Neely has longstanding ties to the Coke network, the network of, you know, billionaire oil mogul Charles Coke. So uh, not a grassroots group. Um, we found out from this 2021 990. So mind you, not even their 2022 990 where the November elections happened and they probably got even more funding um, that they took in in their first year, mind you, um, over $3 million, which is in its, you mind. know, it's a nonprofit group. So like what nonprofit takes in $3 million in its first year? Not many, I would say. Um, so... Concerned parents, maybe, but also like very well connected. <laughs> um, so, uh, and and none of this, all, like one person or so, was like from membership dues. So actual parents on the ground, like paying membership dues, uh, eighty thousand out of like the almost three point two million. <clears throat> um, so, and then it also showed that Nikki Neely that the um, executive director of PDE took in, um, how much was it? It was like 125 plus this huge bonus. Um, that was 50% of her salary. So, <laughs> you know, she took in almost $200,000. Um, that And then the second in line, you know, made $118,000. So they're, they're taking in these like not paltry sums. Um, and so that's the first big finding is like something we already knew, but this verified is that this isn't just a ragtag group of concerned parents um, who are just issuing FOIA requests willy nilly. Um, they're, they're experienced right wing operatives who um, who, you know, make a lot of money and spend a lot of money um, influencing uh, the direction of our schools. <clears throat> and then the second thing that. I thought was probably more groundbreaking was that um, this group had, it's not just Coke tied, it's really tied to this operative uh, Leonard Leo, who's this religious right guy who uh, is co-chair of the Federalist Society, like this group that's almost single-handedly like turned the legal profession to the right and our judicial system to the right. Um, that's been one of Leonard Leo's main aims is to turn to, um, to turn the our, our judicial system to the right, and he largely had succeeded. And and Roe was just like one of uh, many instances of 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 uh, or one um, piece of evidence that that's the case. Um, and we'll be seeing a lot more of that uh, in this next Supreme Court term. Yay! Yay! <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like he was the guy, right? I mean, we've you know we've gone over this once before. Mm -hmm. Like he was the guy who basically was like handed Trump that list of here's your Supreme Court justices uh, that you have to choose from. That was the Federal Society list um, that he helped fund. And, you know, and he's been at it for a long time. I mean, you know, I think we talked about at one point where we're finally starting to it, his name is finally starting to get into the mainstream news now because of, um, you know, his influence in the Trump administration. Um, by the, but by then, you know, he's already had like, what, like 20 years or something like this of, of building and infiltrating or not infiltrating, I shouldn't say, but building out that conservative right wing um, kind of judiciary. It's pretty, it's pretty stellar. And the, and the numbers here were just kind of remarkable, <laughs> you know, just yeah. in terms of the kind of money that is being, um, that is being kind of mustered behind these projects. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Leonard Leo, as you said, he handpicked uh, the list of Supreme Court nominees from which Trump then picked three, uh, making our Supreme Court dominated um, by the, the far right. And 
Um, <clears throat> and no, he took he took no money from this. He 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 temporarily like backed down from his job at the Federalist Society to do this, and then um, now he's, he's the chair once again. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah, um, we don't even know who was like paying his salary or not then. Um, but uh, yeah, so part of the evidence that we have that PD is tied to to the Christian right and the religious right and Leonard Leo uh, is the consulting groups like we were talking about before, how these he, these groups can, um, you know, not just PACs, but also these 501c3 groups like PDE is, um, they have to list the, group, their cons- the groups that they paid for consulting um, in their 990 tax documents. So in this 2021 990 tax document, there's three groups. All of them have like varying degrees of ties to Leonard Leo. So um, there's one called active engagement. This one is probably the the most loose tie, but uh, it was created by this guy named Richard Norman. He's member of the Council for National Policy. If anyone's heard of that group, it's like a very secretive, um, far-right Christian nationalist group. And Leonard Leos, um, we're not sure because they're so secretive if he still sits on the board, but very recently he has sat on the board. Um, so that's the first consulting group that it paid. Another one was uh, a group called Consovoy McCarthy. And um, PDE filed, uh, used Tyler Green, who's an attorney there, to file at least one uh, complaint. And Green is one of three trustees on Marble Freedom Trust. And Marble Freedom Trust has been in the news because this was Leonard Leo's uh entity that he used to take uh or he was he was given 1.6 billion dollars from Bari's side this billionaire 1.6 billion that's the largest political donation in history that we have we know of um to right. leonard leo through this marble freedom trust yeah sorry what were you gonna say kevin no this was exactly it. this is the thing that like when i and i remember this of course when it came at the time but seeing those numbers again 1.6 billion dollars I mean, that's basically a license to do whatever the hell you want. Just the I mean, interest on that will fund countless, you know, every year will fund like countless right wing dark money groups. It's wild. I was thinking about this last night, you know, the Super Bowl is on, right? You know, Super Bowl is on, of course. And I was thinking about for that organization, like, like renting Super Bowl ad time is like pocket change. Like yep. that's the kind of money we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, you know, if they were to run that kind of like, you know, like Jesus gets us all kind of ad that they ran during the Super Bowl last night. <laughs> like they, they could have done that. Like somebody could say, Hey, do you got any like change that you reach in their couch and pull that out? And they could have <laughs> run that ad for him. That's the kind of money we're talking to here. Yeah. It's an absurd, like not unfathomable amount of money to me. Um, yeah. And then lastly, the, the last consulting group um, was Leo's consulting group, CRC. Yes, yes, do talk about that. this. I love, I love this. It's like we've got so much money now that we don't need to be nonprofits, right? It's like that blew my mind. Yeah. Can we just okay? Sorry, I mean to get it like no, you know the throws off, but this just blew my mind, right? Just saying, like, okay, yeah, okay, enough of this nonprofit stuff. Time to kind of like you know, this is like the mob. Like once it establishes and washes all its money, right, and then establishes a legitimate business, right, and then kind of moves on from there. I mean, that's what I was reminded of. I'm like, holy shit, this is the model of the mob. It's like you do all this stuff behind the scenes. You have your kind of shell companies. You kind of manipulate everything behind the scenes. And then you establish that thing so that you could pass on to your children, right, and then it's all washed and clean. Blew my mind. 
Yeah. We don't know how much even or where he's getting money from. I mean, CRC advisors, I'm sure he takes, I would guess that he takes money um, there. But he, you know, after the Kavanaugh nomination, was it? I think he he bought a, a mansion in Maine and we don't know where that money comes from, for example. And because he was an unpaid consultant for Trump, he didn't have to disclose it. Beautiful. Now, this is just because I because I ran I ran over you on this one. So, but it's like this is the CRC Advisors. That's the that's the name mm-hmm. of the for profit group, right? That the, yep. the consulting firm that he's got. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it used to go uh, by something else, but now um, after uh, the success with all the Supreme Court justices, um, he kind of like co-founded this group. This group existed before, but they kind of remade it, um, and so. And CRC Advisors, one of the big things it does is it advises big donors on who to fund. So it's likely the case that for many of these groups that list CRC Advisors as a consulting group that they are paid to like find donor, like match donors with these dark money groups. So that could be what what he was doing there for PDE is matching like Fafari donors to them. Um, so that's, yeah. And I imagine that as a private kind of for-profit company too, as well, of course, they're no, they're not kind of bound by the same kind of regulations and disclosures than they would be if they were a nonprofit, right? Yeah. They don't have to file tax documents as far as I know. Um, I mean, they're listed on the nine nineties for the groups that they consult. Um, but I, I don't think they have to themselves file anything. And that's good work if you can get it, I'll tell you. Um, um, it's pretty amazing. Well, one of the things that I, I have I have these notes as I was going through this art, these articles, and again, one of the things that I, I love about the work that you do and you do at, at, at True North um, is you start to look at, say, the, the how do I put this, the kind of the multifaceted approach that some of these groups, you know, these groups are taking. So it's not just one group doing this one thing. And, you know, one of the things I thought was so important, this is what I want everybody else out who's listening to hear this too as well about your, the focus on parents defending education in beginning is because you make this, you know, again, you're talking to Morris Cunningham. So you've got, and by the way, everybody, if you're looking, want to uh, have more from Morris Cunningham, that is going to be um, the next show on the Beacon, the Bucks County Beacons, The Signal, and that will be released on Wednesday. So you get to hear us. We did a fantastic interview with uh, Morris Cunningham. Um, on exactly this stuff. Um, and it's kind of like, great. You see like, you know, his work cited here, he was citing true North research. And it's just super, um, it was wonderful. But, um, one of the things that you, you kind of talk about here is that one of the things that parents defending education do, and you mentioned this at, at the beginning is they tend to file lawsuits, right? And the game there is very much as, you know, if you can file lawsuits and cost the schools money, um, I, all I could think of is going back to you know, Naomi Klein's The Shock Doctrine, right? The mm-hmm. idea is that you kind of force an economic crisis, if you will, um, on the school districts who've, also, who've been already victims of, what, uh, 40 years of defunding um, kind of under, you know, the neoliberal kind of logic of kind of, you know, defunding the public. And now mm-hmm. you have this organization with all sorts of money to spend that they don't even need to have, like, they don't need to care if they win or not. They can just go in and file these lawsuits and cost tons of money to these school districts. And it advances their agenda, right? Because then the schools are kind of less capable in order to fight back and it goes on and on. 
Um, so yeah. in addition to having like you have these Moms for Liberty groups that are, do, you know, like I was saying before, like these shock troops that are showing up with all their kind of like, you know, cultural warfare stuff. You've got this legal arm that is going attacking really the, you know, the financial infrastructure of the school districts. Um, and it's all geared toward, as you say in these pieces, a long term agenda towards defunding public education. Right. Or at the very least, defunding the part of uh, or, or let's say re reapportioning or redistributing the money that goes into public education to private entities. So could you talk a little bit about that as how you see that kind of agenda and, and this work? Because I think I look at it as we're moving forward and I, I am always haunted by one of the things that uh, Paul Martino said at a school, a school board meeting last year when he was the, during the central bucks fights that were happening here is that he called out two members of the board who were Democrats that got supported by the teachers union. He called them out and basically said that they should recuse themselves um, from the board in upcoming teachers' contract negotiations because they received money from the teachers' union. Like, I mean, how freaking like, whatever. I mean, it's like you know, <laughs> hypocrisy and shame does not matter here, obviously, to these people. But what that said to me, that was a signal to me is like, okay, they've got the eyes on the prize, right? They're going after the kind of going after teachers power and they're going after just like they did in Wisconsin with public sector unions, right? Yeah. Um, in 2010, going after these kind of infrastructure from these multiple angles, one, the curriculum two, you know, like, you know, grooming our kids going after teachers, both in terms of uh, what they're quote unquote doing to our kids, but also their infrastructure. So can you talk about put that in that picture that like you see this feeding into because all of these characters, right? That's, that's what their hobby horse is. Yes, absolutely. Um, I would just say there, we've talked about this before, but there are groups that have existed for a long time, especially within the Coke network that have been targeting public schools and want to entirely, you know, do away with public schools. They want to abolish public schools. And a lot of these groups now are not shy to even say, you know, we want to abolish the Department of Ed, like Betsy DeVos said at the Moms for Liberty conference this summer. Um, so there, there are longstanding groups, but then in 20, like it was shock doctrine, um, actually that in 2020, like the pandemic caused all these groups to start attacking public schools and teachers unions. Um, but for, and COVID, you know, mitigation measures, masking and that kind of thing. Um, and, but COVID was just an excuse to kind of target schools and try to defund them essentially. Um, and, you know, we had all these groups pop up too after the, quote, you know, quote, critical race theory scare that is manufactured by another dark money agent, Christopher Rufo. Um, you have, have all these groups popping up tied to Charles Koch, Betsy DeVos, now the Christian right too, because um, the Christian right doesn't like public education any more than like the, the far right libertarians um, that want to do away with public education. So really these attacks on the on critical race theory, the, the, the pushing, I, I mean, oftentimes they, they have a twofold strategy, right? They want to attack the public schools from within and from without. So, uh, and, and they're not shy about this independent women's forum, uh, staffers have said this, that they want to, um, <clears throat> do whatever they can to like make public schools, uh, fit like right-wing ideology and like basically indoctrinate students with right-wing ideology. Um, at the same time as they're like 
uh, pushing to defund with school choice bills and this kind of thing. So, um, and we're seeing unprecedented levels of school choice bills across the country in the state in, at the state level. So, um, yeah, these these groups are <laughs> all these groups have sort of the same goal, and it's to undermine public education. Um, and part of that is attacking teachers' unions. Um, it's you know attacking curricula. It's attacking the amount of money that schools get. Um, yeah, it's it's really all part of the strategy. Well, there you have it. So we've got our work cut out for us, I guess. <laughs> um, well, we all do indeed. Um, and uh, I could go on and on. And I won't at this point um, because we're going to be back here uh, probably in no time <laughs> flat um, talking about the next chapter and what goes on here. So um, before I let you go tonight, Alyssa, are there, you know, one kind of two things, I guess. The first thing are... You know, people listening to this, hearing about some of these new reports and stuff, is there something you want to leave them with, right, number two? And then number two is, uh, you know, where can they go to find out more information? We'll have some links in the show notes, but things that you think that would be good resources for them to check out um, to kind of learn more about this and maybe get connected to the resources they need. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't want to leave everyone in despair. <laughs> um, you know, like I said, I think that these groups were more trying to sell uh, the success uh, of their attacks on schools for the midterm elections to their donors um, and to the public, but <coughs> they weren't really successful. Um, and people, you know, polls show still that uh, that <clears throat> parents really trust their public school teachers. Um, there's a lot of people pushing back. You know, increasingly, I see people just are are reaching out to me, like who have been. Um, uh, facing these right-wing attacks, just asking for materials or if I can help find um, uh, any of the disclosure documents for the school boards or that kind of thing. And like, we're always happy to help as much as we can. Um, the other thing I would say, just like, if you want to follow groups tracking dark money, do that. You know, we're True North Research. You can find us on Twitter at It's True North, uh, on our website, truenorthresearch.org. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Alyssa Ann Bowen. Um, there's other awesome groups doing a lot of important work, uh, documented center for media and democracy. Um, there's, uh, heal together is really amazing. They do a lot with, um, uh, attacks on, uh, like black experiences and civil rights curriculum. Um, there, there's Judd Legum's popular info Substack. There's, there's really a lot of resources that you could, you could find uh, Maurice Cunningham also just came out with a really great um, guide to some of these dark money groups. And it includes not just like, <coughs> excuse me, the right wing dark money groups, but also sort of neoliberal groups that are funded by um, like liberal school privatizers as well. Um, so that's a really good resource. Um, yeah. And, and get involved. Like don't be scared to go to the school board meetings because they're not. One hundred percent. And I think that, you know, we're seeing that more and more. I have to say, it's like, um, you know, I learned so much from the folks that are able to go, uh, to every single board, like school board meeting. Um, there's a, you know, growing and fantastic network of people reporting back, right. And making those school board meetings public. I know in the Palisade school district, not too far from here, for example, Amy connect has been on talking about this. They did, they got, um, you know, they pushed this, uh, initiative to make sure that all the school board meetings were going to be live streamed 
right? Because they weren't up until that point. So making sure that everyone had access to this stuff and the video was going to be available. Um, little things like that, we were kind of making small steps together as a community, I think, are, have just been doing tremendous work. And I know of just seeing the, you know, the movements that are happening around me, um, just around our school district have been impressive to see the work they've been able to do. Um, and I think, you know, and I think that is the work, right? I mean, totally. and amplifying that too is, is something, you know, 100%. Um, and just like Alyssa said too, as well, not to leave everybody in despair is that, you know, one of the reasons why I you know, want to have Alyssa on to talk about this stuff, why we have a focus on some of the dark money and stuff. Um, is not to basically make things seem insurmountable, but is to recognize the strategies and tactics when they appear. Um, because I know that so I can't tell you how many times I've I've heard from people is like, well, we we showed up at this meeting and there were these people talking like you know things I have never heard people say these things before. I don't know what they're talking about, and it appears you know a lot of folks we confronted for the first time, and it seems like it's just random and local. Um, but to realize that no no no, we can recognize this discourse, the language at which it's come from, and there's a playbook. Um, and the better we can recognize the playbook, I think the better we're positioned to kind of be on the offense and not on the defense. So I appreciate that. And you could plug your, your pack too. Like if you can, if you have that capacity to, to start a local pack, just like Kevin did, I would say go for it. 100%. Like, you know, again, that was the whole idea. We, you know, I kind of, I, I, Look, and here's, you know, here's the kind of thing, too, is like we have these we have these mechanisms and these levers that are there, right, um, that that we need to utilize, too, as well. When I, you know, first, when Level Field first kind of got in touch with me and was kind of looking for this, I was like, you know, like anybody on the progressive side, you get very skeptical about anybody who's contacting you about stuff like this. But the more we talked, the more we kind of looked into this stuff and thinking about, yeah, how might we you know, really help channel small dollar donations. But, you know, that doesn't mean we need to reproduce their playbook, right? It means mm -hmm. that we invest in the things that are going to help build our community, right? Mm -hmm. And that organizing. And this is the year, you know, we've built, we've slowly built, started to build that up for this year, right? This is the school board election year, right? Not to sink the money into the, you know, to the, you know, Democratic candidate that's, you know, yeah. going for Congress, but rather to like, invest it in what's happening with the, you know, local organizing and school board. So 100%. Yeah, um, so, uh, yeah, Alyssa, thank you so much for taking the time out tonight. I always love having you on. I always appreciate what you're kind of, uh, you know, bringing to this fight. Um, and, you know, everything that, that uh, is happening over at True, uh, True North, too, is just such a uh, such a gift, I think, to all of us. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's always such fun. And thanks for the question, Ross. Yeah, 100%. All right. So thank you for everybody who's tuning in live tonight. Thank you, everybody who's taking this as a podcast. want to remind you that you can help support the show by heading over to Pod, Podbean, what am I talking about? Patreon.com slash RC Press, where you can become a patron for as little as five bucks a month. And just like Alyssa said, like if you want to kind of make sure that these oligarchs don't control our future, um, you can kind of uh, help put those small dollar donations to work by heading over to ragingchicken.levelfield.net, uh, where we have our community rooted pack that's going to invest in organizing um, and beating back against these, uh, you know, toxic organizations that are injecting our communities with right wing extremism. Um, so, Alyssa, um, I'm sure I'm going to be talking to you um, in the near future. Can't wait to hear uh, what you've got next in store, um, and we'll keep an eye out for you. Thank you so much. Have a great night, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, everybody, this is Kevin Mahoney, creator and founder of Raging Chicken. We're out of here, and we'll see you this Friday for Friday Politics Roundup. Uh, we've got a couple irons in the fire for next week. I'll let you know as soon as I can uh, about who we're going to have on the show in the next few weeks. Got some good ones coming up. Talk to you soon. See ya!
guess I'll fly away now.